0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin, and today I'm sitting down with Linus Kenter, who is from the University of New Hampshire. He's a research scientist, and he came on to talk with me about educational opportunities for people who want to enter the seafood industry. We talk all about different programs that are available at different universities and the certificate program that he is working to develop at the University of New Hampshire. It's a pretty cool conversation. I hope you get something out of it and I hope you enjoy it. But before we get into that, I want to remind everybody to please subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen so you can get every new episode directly downloaded onto your device as soon as it becomes available. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter. We are at Pod, or you can fill out our contact form at globalseafood.org slash podcast. And as always, if you have a minute, we would really appreciate it if you took the time to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. It really helps us out a lot. And we appreciate everybody that has already done that. Enjoy this conversation I have with Linus and I will talk to you at the end. All right. So we're sitting down today with Linus Kenter, who is a aquaculture and fisheries research scientist, but he's doing some really unique work with UNH and developing some curriculum around seafood and aquaculture. And I just thought it would be really cool to have Linus on. He's asked myself and my team to help him with some of his projects that he's doing a little bit. And uh, I thought it'd be really cool to have him come on the show and talk about seafood education and kind of what opportunities are out there for someone who is looking to get into the industry but prefers to take more of an academic route to get there. So Linus, how's it going? Thanks for joining us.
1: It's going great. Thanks for having me. Long time, long time listener to the show. It's exciting to be on.
0: I appreciate it. I love hearing that. We have a lot of guests that come on and they're like, I've been listening for two years and it just makes me feel so good. I really appreciate it. But Linus, before we get into the topic and kind of what you're doing at UNH specifically, I want to talk about you so people know kind of who they're listening to. Can you give us a quick little background on yourself and what you do and how you got there? Sure.
1: Um, I guess I'll start with undergraduate education, which I also did at UNH. So I've been here for a really long time. But like a lot of students, I started off in the general biology program, somewhat undecided on what I wanted to do. But I always kind of had this interest in agriculture, farming, and then I was also an obsessive fisherman growing up with um, my family and friends. So again, i was just kind of studying biology, debating maybe going into something medical. I think I got like a B in organic chemistry. So that dream quickly came to an end. Um,
0: if it makes you feel any better, I failed chemistry like, it, I had to take it like three times in undergrad. <laughs>
1: Yep, so that's, I think a lot of people are on the same path and I shifted and ended up taking a Shoals Marine Lab course where UNH shares uh, a lab with Cornell and runs some really nice summer courses out there for students and others. And it was on sustainable fisheries and I got sort of referenced to this aquaculture class at UNH that I had never heard of before, taught by Dr. David Berlinski. Mm-hmm. Um, called Principles of Aquaculture, which I came back, I sounded interested in it and signed up for the next semester and then kind of realized that a bunch of my passions were all combined in this aquaculture topic where we're basically farming seafood. I had, I had liked farming, I have always loved seafood and fishing, and all of a sudden I realized they melded together in this one topic. So I took the class, it had a lab component. I've also always been kind of a hands-on learner, which I'll probably talk about later when we get into curriculum. Mm -hmm. But it had a lab component where we were helping his grad students work on their projects, going on field trips. And one of those field trips was to a marine finfish hatchery that used to exist in New Hampshire called Great Bay Aquaculture. So it was raising, it was a hatchery, so it basically held broodstock and raised larvae to be Various sized juveniles that were going off to other farms for grow out. And we went on a field trip there, and I couldn't believe what I saw in terms of life and engineering and people. And immediately asked if I could start volunteering there because it was convenient coming from UNH campus. Um, I apparently did something right and I got hired pretty quick, working night shifts as an undergraduate. So I would go there and work like a four to 11 o'clock shift feeding larval fish, different live feeds and siphoning and cleaning and doing a lot of dirty work, but really got into it and made a lot of connections, picked up some other little side jobs working with like feed companies and stuff like that and continuing to pursue all the resources that UNH had in aquaculture until eventually I decided I might want to go to grad school for this topic. I was still working with Dr. Belinsky, that professor who taught the initial course, and I still wasn't a stellar 4.0 student, but again, these hands-on skills that I had by working at Great Bay and working in his lab got me into grad school, I think, and took off with a striped bass aquaculture project. So I started as a master's student, immediately got carried away with the species in the projects, and switched it to a Ph.D., So I finished that in 2019 and did a dissertation sort of promoting and studying different geographic strains of striped bass for aquaculture potential. Sorry, where did you do your grad school? Stayed at UNH.
0: Stayed at UNH, oh,
1: wow. So still going strong at UNH the whole time. But finished that in 2019 and then jumped into a postdoc also at UNH doing some different projects, but still focused on striped bass. And then in for a little over a year now, year and a half, I've transition, transitioned into my current role as a research scientist, where I work with um, the Department of Agriculture here, doing research still. New Hampshire Sea Grant, which is a really nice organization in all coastal states and some inland and really robust networks. And then also Related to our topic of conversation today, I was brought on by the School of Marine Science and Ocean Engineering, which is the sort of entity at UNH that does all things marine science and integrates all over campus with research and resources. And they brought me in to do this aquaculture curriculum program development. So it's only been a year and a half, but it's been really, really rewarding. And it's nice to kind of bring things back to how I got started with that aquaculture course here, especially mm-hmm. since my advisor and mentor there, Berlinski is going to be retiring after this semester. So it's sort of germane to be picking things up, proposing new courses, proposing new credentials, and getting students into the into the field that I got obsessed with as a student. Because yeah, not everybody's gonna be counting sea turtle eggs and swimming with dolphins right. and marine yeah. science to yeah. break it to yeah
0: training sea lions for for yeah. sea world right yeah that's the that's the the common thing that i always tell everyone um when they when i used to work with kids a lot and they would say i want to do marine biology it's like okay well you you need to know that there's very few marine mammal training jobs at aquariums so you're going to need to expand kind of what you what you think so that's i'm really curious about this so this is interesting because our listeners if you've listening been listening for a while you know Uh, A little bit about my path where I went to the University of Rhode Island for aquaculture and fishery tech. I had no idea what aquaculture was. I wanted to do marine biology, but I chose aquaculture because it had a lot of the same courses and UNH at the time, I don't know if this has changed yet, they did not offer an aquaculture program, which I'm guessing is that's kind of like what you're working towards, right? Yep, exactly. So it was just a, a course that was offered there, right?
1: Yep, just a single course. It was sort of an elective and a few other majors, but kind of a standalone topic. Mm-hmm. UNH has had a really robust history of aquaculture research and resources, and we have some really nice labs and facilities, but there's no unifying curriculum or program. That you can't come back,
0: you can't come out of there and say, I have, I got my certificate or an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree or something. Nope, in so this topic. my
1: PhD was technically. It was purely aquaculture projects, 100% for the whole dissertation, but my degree is in zoology. So that was the closest thing UNH had to offer, which it's not the worst thing. I mean, people look at what you did, not exactly what's on your diploma. But right.
0: That's pretty wide, you know, engrossing yep. in, in topics. So, um, so yeah, that's interesting to me because I, to me, uh, aquaculture was just not, I didn't realize it was even a thing at UNH. I saved a whole bunch of money going to URI. Because of that, you know, the, the regional tuition break, but I did not know what aquaculture was until I went into the first day of Aquaculture 101 my freshman year. Uh, I didn't really understand it. And then I realized like the first day, like, oh, wait, you're actually farming fish for seafood. When you took that aquaculture class, you said it kind of touched on some interesting topics that you that um, were attractive to you. Did you know about aquaculture and what it was? Or did you also, like like I did, kind of learn through this course what it actually was?
1: Yeah, that was exactly it. I had a, I mean, I'd done my little Googling and searching and was trying to find a career path. And first day of our aquaculture class here, and I think probably one of the first slides says, aquaculture is agriculture. And that has sort of always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always really respected agriculture and the people that work in it. They're working harder than anybody else, in my opinion. You think you're having a hard week, go tag along at a dairy farm yeah for right <laughs> one day and it'll put you in perspective same thing with all these shellfish farmers fish farmers oyster farmers it's yeah. a it's a way of life and you gotta love it and it really combined a lot of disciplines that i liked i'm a kind of yeah hands-on learner i like lab work and molecular work but i can't be doing it all day every day oh, i hear you so when i found the setting where i could be sampling big fish in the morning and drawing blood and cleaning tanks and then going into the lab in the afternoon and measuring hormone levels and extracting nucleic acids. It was a beautiful combination and the things I was doing made sense. And I didn't have to dive super deep into any one realm of academia. Yeah, that's cool. Seems to be working out.
0: It is cool. It's a really cool thing to study. So this is really unique because we like exclusively talk to people that work in the industry, right? And they always kind of have the story of how they got into the seafood industry. And it's always, oh, I didn't mean to get into the seafood industry. I used to do this and then I found a passion here and I fell into it there and I've never left and I I love it forever. This is a very unique path for someone. Like you need to know that you want to work in the seafood industry. If you're going to commit to some time or even a full College education around this topic, right? Because I I studied aquaculture, fishery tech, and I got out, and I was like, my only options. I didn't know what my options were for jobs, but I was going to be in in the industry because that's that's where all of my education led me to. So you these this is like a path that people can take that they they know what they want to do, or at least what industry they want to be in. So it's very very unique. And I know you said you're kind of familiar with a lot of what's going on in the education world in this uh, in this industry on the East Coast of the US and kind of up in New England. That's obviously where you've been your whole life and where you have kind of built your career around. Can you talk about some of the opportunities that you know of that are available for people who are looking to go into college or maybe go back to college and want to get more of a formal education that will help them in this industry?
1: Yeah. So for anyone interested in Seafood and especially aquaculture, there are all kinds of new sort of venture, academic adventures you can take. And it's not always a Mm -hmm. four-year bachelor's program. So I guess even like backing up a little bit, there's a lot changing in the aquaculture sector in the U.S. and especially in New England right now, because we've had this sort of robust history of shellfish farming Mm -hmm. where sort of a shellfish-centric country, I guess. Um, We haven't really clicked with the fish farming. Um, Seaweed and sea vegetables are really starting to boom all of a sudden in this region, especially. Yeah. Um, But overall, we've been a sort of shellfish industry. And if you live up in New England, you know that a lot of those jobs are seasonal and a lot of those farms are relatively small. There's a couple couple giants around but most are small proprietary operations that might have again I'm just kind of throwing numbers out here two or three full-time farm managers farm owners and then a few other seasonal hands and technicians that sort of run the farm operations harvesting cleaning maybe a little marketing if they get big enough but that's the whole operation that you can count on your hands and volume and terms of production has been really increasing in shellfish and sea vegetables, especially over the past couple of years,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is somewhat related to labor as farms get bigger. They do need more help, but it's not directly proportional. And what one of the really big question marks is, and sort of one of my passions in academia is this land-based fish farming incentive that's coming to the U S and again, especially places like Maine right now. So there are, I think it's safe to say billions of dollars being invested in these land-based fish farms right now, which is a big contrast to these sort of mom-and-pop shellfish-type operations. Um, instead of maybe hiring four workers for the summer season to be work, working on the oyster farm, as soon as the doors open on any of these land-based fish farms, they need hundreds and hundreds of skilled Technicians just running the floor. that's not including things like marketing, research development, processing, distribution. and that really has me excited from a workforce development standpoint and why I'm being very open minded to the different types of programs that are out there. Mm-hmm. There's a very big spectrum of pay and expertise needed at these jobs, and I think it's sort of up to the individual to decide on the their entry point into the industry because there's a lot of programs there's courses you can take online in your pajamas in a couple weeks and get plenty of informational content on the seafood industry which might serve you perfectly fine for what you want to do or you can be doing something as big as a bachelor's degree or a phd in aquaculture so it's really up to the individual and the spectrum out there is growing um especially related to workforce development. There's a lot of really, really nice programs starting in universities and community colleges and even places like Sea Grant that are all sort of focused and pushing people towards this um, sustainable industries.
0: Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about Sea Grant uh, in a minute, but I just, I think, I just want to make a note of something that we've been talking about uh, in our other meetings too, uh, that we've had in the past couple of weeks. Just explaining kind of my experience to people around my office has helped us kind of come up with some ideas for things that we want to do to help promote more educational options for people. And what my experience was, I did a four year degree program in aquaculture and fishery tech. I chose to take almost exclusively aquaculture centric courses. I took a few fisheries courses here and there, but mostly it was aquaculture and then your basic science courses, electives and stuff. But when I finished to me, I thought that the only jobs available to me would be basically raising fish on a fish farm. And that's all I knew because every class was, um, you know, salmonid aquaculture, crustacean aquaculture, fin fish, marine fin fish, and it was just, every class was like learning how to raise and take care of a different type of aquatic species. So by the end, I was like, oh, I know I have a vague knowledge of all these different things and how to raise them and how to run systems and how to design recirculating systems and all this stuff. And but then I got out and I, I I didn't know what to do because there at the time there wasn't a lot of options. It was it was only like these small mom and pop places raising shellfish and stuff. And so they weren't hiring and um I didn't know what to do. And so I took kind of a winding path that got me to where I am now and uh, until I got to GSA, I, you know, once I got there, I realized that there's this massive, there's a a huge breadth of options, opportunities for people to work in the industry. And I think there needs, within these education programs, we need to kind of find a way to open up those windows to students so that they are aware of what's out there, right? Because they may have a very limited scope of what the industry is, but it's a huge worldwide industry and you can go anywhere in the world and do any of these jobs within the corporate business end of things or within the actual production side of things uh, and processing and, and distributing and all of this stuff. And so, I, I just think that, that if we're looking at education for this industry as a whole, this is one of the major issues that needs that we need to tackle, right? And it's something that we addressed with you in your program that we think would be would be beneficial. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what your vision is for your program at? And I'm calling it your program. I know it's I know it's a, it's a whole team of people bringing this together, but um, you know your your vision for what this program is going to be and kind of how it will benefit people at UNH.
1: Yeah, I think the emphasis on a lot of people involved is is pretty important because I'm just sort of a little architect of a proposal to develop this new um, certificate and a couple new courses at UNH. But the whole philosophy is that this is a very interdisciplinary topic. So as this proposal came together, we realized we were pulling in faculty from engineering, pulling in faculty from social sciences, pulling in faculty from biology, um very very broad audiences and interest on this topic so yeah i can speak to what we're what we're doing exactly and it's sort of a stepping stone i guess this year um only been working on it for a short amount of time and there are other institutions that are a little bit ahead of unh but i could maybe touch on what other places are doing in this region and then talk about what we're doing here sure so i guess working from south to north I can throw out some university names, I guess, not to give any plugs or opinions here, but there's UMass Boston, which has a really nice aquaculture certification program. Um, They offer credited and non-credited courses for interested students all online. And it's been getting a lot of recognition over the past few years. It's very well marketed if you're scanning um, sort of aquaculture media outlets. It's always always stuck in there mm-hmm. Has really nice faculty running things well-designed courses but all online and in the city so again depending on your goals in the seafood industry if you just want some information on a few topics you can sign up for these courses for i think they run about like five hundred dollars each for a pretty much credited multi-month long course so you get a lot of information and content and it's not it is a, a little pricey but it's not going to break the bank like a
0: Well, it's comparatively, it's really affordable for, I mean, college level courses, you know, that's that's pretty- And it lets you
1: pick and choose single courses. So you're not tied into a a full program that's going to take you two years or or longer to do. But again, you're not going to be quite getting any kind of hands-on experience or field trips or industry exposure unless there's a a guest lecture in in one of the courses. And then jumping up to some place like University of Maine, which is really, really ramping up their programming and they have a lot of resources up there and they're building out things like uh, they have master's, PhDs, they have tracks within undergraduate curriculum, minors. And then there's also this somewhat recent, I don't know if you remember any from URI, there's these micro-credentials that are getting popular and these include things like certifications and badges. Hmm. No, I I don't
0: remember that specifically. I think, I mean the program at URI when I was there, I finished in 2010. The program that was there was very kind of traditional bachelor's program, right? That, that was like what they offered.
1: Yeah. So. I think there's pros and cons to both, but these micro credentials are really getting popular, not only up here, but sort of nationally. Mm-hmm. And they kind of let you pick and choose within a program. If you want to take one or two shellfish specific courses at some place like University of Maine, or you want to take something on aquatic vet at University of Maine, you can get a badge that can go right on your LinkedIn, these digital badges, they show that you had some specific interest in this topic. But again, it doesn't rope you into an entire um, credited semester long course. Hmm and some have credits some don't so it gets a little confusing with standards versus like what you did at uri if an employer saw that they know that you took 120 credits worth of uri vetted courses and you're going to be ready to flourish at global (laughs) seafood alliance so (laughs) other times it gets a little bit confusing at least to me again this is sort of my philosophy if you're getting these micro credentials that are just sort of participatory. Um, Sure, you probably got some nice information out of it, but what did you learn in terms of skills? But that spectrum's out there. Um, Again, University of Maine is offering all kinds of different credentials, and they'd be easy to look up online for anybody that's interested. And there are lots of hands-on opportunities, but sort of the nature of the state in Maine is that their resources are really, really spread out. Mm -hmm.
0: And like everything in Maine.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can be on the main campus studying with marine biology with a track in aquaculture and you won't even see half the resources that that university has within your time there cuz they can be 3 hours away yep. at a different facility or hours down the coast at an oyster farm, but they are they do have a lot of industry coming which is which is a major benefit mm-hmm. that's also supporting these programs and
0: I know the marketing be machine year- behind Maine seafood and specifically aquaculture has been ramping up a lot in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. Exponential. Yeah. And yeah, the resources are there. Um, but then I guess that brings me to the university of New Hampshire, which in the state, I forget the statistic. It's probably one of the smallest coastlines in the country. If not the smallest, I think it's the we smallest. Smallest officially. So. We, we got it.
0: I think so. We, ha- so, we yeah. Ha- it's a- like four miles or something, isn't it? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's not definitely
1: not more than, yeah, might be in the teens when you consider like the Great Bay Estuary oh, yeah, and stuff true, like yeah. that. But still teeny tiny, but I think that really works to our benefit as a educational institution here when we're doing doing things in the marine sciences because unlike other states where you might be driving hours and hours to see a single facility and learn about a single topic, within thirty minutes of the Durham campus we have a wild amount of educational resources, especially related to aquaculture because of our history researching it here. So we have what's actually on campus in the facilities I work in and did my um, graduate work. We have these land-based recirculating facilities that are really well-equipped for doing all life stages of fish and other organisms, depending. We have genome centers, we have vet labs, um, everything you could possibly need Within campus, and then if you want to venture within a half hour radius, you can be on the Great Bay Estuary, where we have a very rapidly growing oyster industry. We have the Coastal Marine Lab, which is all flowed through marine systems out in Newcastle, New Hampshire. We have a fleet of research boats. We have uh, offshore aquaculture locations, and uh, the Aquafort is an IMTA site that's actively managed by colleagues at UNH. Growing steelhead and seaweed and shellfish, all in this sort of sustainable model. Um, looking to get more established in, out at the Isles of Shoals where there's um, muscle leases available. So, within a half hour radius, you can just touch on every sector of aquaculture and really get students involved with hands on experiential learning. And from sitting in on this type of topic at academic conferences where they invite industry. It seems to be a common theme that that's, that's something they're looking for is this like well-rounded individuals. Mm-hmm. If someone, no matter what, if you're going to work at a, at a farm somewhere, they're going to have to train you on the nuances of that farm, whether it's land-based fish systems, you have to learn the ins and outs of that specific facility, or if it's a shellfish operation, you have to learn that site, and location, uh, everything about it. Mm-hmm. But if you're coming into that situation with a well-rounded experience you know the basics of water quality. You know what you're looking at right. Yeah. yeah, you know how to handle a fish. You know how to clean an oyster bag. Like that's that's what they care about for people starting. You can have a four year degree that you did in your pajamas and know all the stats on the U.S. aquaculture industry, but then you crash their boat within an hour of working there,
0: and are <laughs> not, you're no not doing yeah.
1: the farm much much service at that point. Right. Or you don't like getting wet or going out in different types of weather. Then but
0: if that's the case, then there's, there's a lot of options for that person too, right? Yep, so. exactly. Just depends on the
1: curriculum you want to focus on. And yeah, I think UNH is well poised and that's, that's what we're working on right now. So the first step we're taking this winter is the proposal of a um, graduate certificate. So it's a 12 credit credited by UNH graduate certificate in aquaculture science and technology is the current title. So, it's, it is credited, so you get hit with the, with the associated fees of a university credit, but it's only 12, so you're not doing a 20-credit minor or a 120-credit major. Mm-hmm. So, this is something yes. that should be doable <laughs> in two years or less, um, especially there's tracks if you're a current undergraduate here and you decide you want to do this within a year after you're finishing. You can even be applying one or two of the courses towards um, finishing within one year after. And basically 12 credits breaks down into one required full four credit course, two seminars, one of which GSA is helping co-design and provide topics for, such as career pathways, like you mentioned, um, and then two electives. One is aquaculture specific, and those include things like fish hatchery management that I'm going to be proposing. Um, also we're coming up with a bunch of engineering courses and then hiring new faculty that'll be starting next fall and bringing um, a suite of new expertise and then one sort of specialized elective we're calling it so that's what a student can choose from a list and show what their specific interest in so if they're interested in the policy and social aspects of how aquaculture licensing and permitting takes place they can be taking courses with Those type of faculty at UNH, if they're interested in strictly the engineering, not so much the animal side, they can take another engineering course so that that second elective really shows the students focus. Allows them to specialize. Yeah, cool. Yep, But then they're going to be leaving with a core set of skills and information based on required courses and seminars. And that's sort of the stepping stone that we hope to be building from fully utilizing all the resources we have in proximity to UNH and building out from there, both for students and working professionals and um, offering flexibility whenever we can, but also really trying to emphasize this experiential learning and hands-on, not ignoring the the resources and facilities we have with campus. Yeah,
0: for sure. And I I did say that I wanted to talk about Sea Grant. We're already at like 32 minutes, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. And I think Sea Grant, we could probably get someone from Sea Grant to do like a full episode with us too. So maybe we'll table that for now and we can go back to that. Is there anything that you want to say in regards to Sea Grant though?
1: Sure. They're just uh, another sort of, without getting into all the... Logistics of UNH organization. They are an entity within UNH, but they're also in other coastal states. So it provides this amazing network that I've been working in for again just over a year now. But it connects you with all these other states and people like myself that are doing similar objectives down in Connecticut or down in North Carolina. And we're always all working together on projects and sending sending each other information up and down. Um, and again, I'm just a very small sector of sea grant i'm on in a group with two others the acronym is sfa so sustainable fisheries and aquaculture Right, because it's
0: seafood so you have to have an acronym of course yeah Yeah. the more
1: acronyms the merrier we always say (laughs) but there's a lot of other teams within sea grant at unh and elsewhere so there is even workforce development specific teams um they're not solely going to be focused on aquaculture seafood but they're walking working across all blue economies offshore wind um healthy coastal ecosystems. It's just a very nice network to be working in. And um, I would definitely like to get them get them on the show, especially with someone a little more veteran than I am. They would love to talk about the research and sort of always tied into extension also, which is why I was drawn to Sea Grant over pursuing something like a tenure track professor type position. Because mm-hmm. again, purely my opinion here, you can get caught up, quickly in the proposal grant writing world and sort of see you see people lose touch with reality. Spin your wheels
0: for a little while.
1: <laughs> yeah. But in Sea Grant, we're constantly talking to in- industry, talking to stakeholders, seeing what's important to them, reanalyzing every couple years. So something like COVID happens and the needs of the industry completely get turned upside down for yep. two years. They recover and things are completely different after. People were all of a sudden cooking more seafood at home when they weren't going to restaurants Mm -hmm. and always reevaluating, adapting resources and um, working with the people that, that we care about, I guess. And for me, that's producers and fishers and seafood industry
0: networks. Awesome. So the point of this conversation here was really to just kind of highlight that there's a different track. Uh, You don't need to kind of just network your way into the industry and, and come in Uh, you know, full force trying to I don't want to say force your way in, but like, you know, just work your way into the industry. There are educational programs that you can take as a different route if that's the type of person that you if that's kind of who you are, you know, you prefer to get the education and go in armed with a certain type of academic schooling. That's just another opportunity for people to get into the industry, another path that they can take. And I wanted to highlight it and just talk about it a little bit. And I'm really excited to see what you come up with over at UNH for the certificate program. And I'm happy to be involved. So thank you for you know, involving us with that. Is there anything else that you want to get out there uh, before you go? And also, if people want to get in contact with you, if they have any questions or comments, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah, you can pretty easily look me up at UNH. I'm a newer faculty, not faculty, newer staff here. So my webpage is one of the only ones up to date compared to oh, <laughs> a lot of other professors around that haven't updated anything in 30 years. Yeah. So I'm- if you just uh, look up Linus Kentor UNH in the search bar, I'm sure it'll pop up. I'd love to talk to anyone. And yeah, there's a huge spectrum of resources out there if you're interested in the seafood industry right now. So I guess I'll just end with saying eat more seafood and educate yourself on where it comes from, how it's grown, and yeah.
0: All right. Well, Linus, thank you so much again for joining us or joining me on the show today. And I'm looking forward to working with you in the future. Thanks so much. Thank you, Sean. Folks, that was my conversation with Linus Kenter. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. And I hope you will remember to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen. So every time a new episode comes out, it'll be automatically downloaded onto your device. Remember to reach out to us at AquademiaPod on Twitter or fill out the contact form at globalseafood.org slash podcast and leave us a rating and review wherever you listen because that really helps us out. We really do appreciate everybody that's done that already. Remember, if you like what we do and you want to be more involved, you might want to consider becoming a member of the Global Seafood Alliance. You can find everything you need to know about that at globalseafood.org slash membership. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.